know that when you betray, Amen. that you're walking through it. You don't walk and stay at that place. You walk through it. Because there's a blessing on the other side. If you would just... <laughs> they did it to hurt you, but God's going to do it to bless you. You got to just keep walking through it. Somebody in here, you still stuck at that Kidron Valley. You ain't even crossed the bridge. You still at that place where they stabbed you in the back, where they talked about you, where they mistreated you, where they cheated on you, where they lied on you. You're still in that place of bitterness and hurt. What Jesus and David is going to teach us here is that betrayal is going to happen. People will do you wrong. They're going to do you wrong sometimes, hallelujah, inadvertently, subconsciously, and some even going to stab you and twist the knife to do you wrong. But no matter if they did it by accident or on purpose, you got to keep it moving, child of God. you got to keep it moving. God don't want you to stay at the brook, Kidron. God don't want you to stay on that bridge. That bridge was to bring you to it and through it. Not for you to build a house. So y'all, I think that's everything. We're going to get cranked up. Um, I'll be in John chapter 18, the gospel of John chapter 18, starting at verse 1. First lady, anything else that you have? You good to go? All right. John chapter 18, verse 1. Hallelujah. And we'll start reading as soon as y'all get there. And if you're not there, you can look on the screen. The Bible says, when Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Sidron, or in the Hebrew, Kidron, where was a garden, into the which he entered and his disciples. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus oftentimes resorted there with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, uh, cometh there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto them, I am he. Or as in the Greek it says, Jesus said, I am. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. Most high God, we thank you for your word this morning. Where would we be without the word of God? We pray in the mighty name of Jesus, just exalting you and adoring you and magnifying you. Because you are great and you are wonderful and you are merciful and marvelous. And you can do anything but fail. And I pray, O oh King, that our worship would be a witness to all those around us, like Minister Brian said, because you are an awesome God. And we pray, God, that this morning as we just sit around and just open your holy book, that you would allow this book to come alive in our hands and that it would speak to us in ways that only God can speak to us. We pray that you would reveal the secrets of our hearts, that you would reveal, God, our innermost troubles, problems, uh, uh, nightmares, and also bless us with dreams. Show us that, hallelujah, that trouble don't last always and that you're going to fix 
was ever broken in our lives. Show us, God, that as long as we keep breathing and keep waking up, that all things going to work together for our good, O King. Help us not to be, hallelujah, people who are expecting a swift run because we know that the race is not given to the swift or to the strong, but those that endure. Help us to hang on until the shift happens, until the atmosphere changes. Help us to give you an opportunity to work in our lives. And so we just thank you, God, for the hope of tomorrow. We give you praise that you're working it out. And we sure give you glory that you are able in all of our several situations. And now, God, bless us as we gather here. Fill us with your spirit. Bind the enemy out. Save souls. Sanctify and edify your people. And when it's all done, we promise to give you all of the glory, the honor, and the praise. It's in Yahshua, Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Hey, thank you. Thank you, hallelujah. Hallelujah, praise God for the worship team. That worship was awesome this morning, man. Woo! Well, God know exactly what you need when you need it, amen. And hallelujah, Brian took us back, baby. That was some good stuff, man. Hallelujah. I was watching some of y'all, and I, I just knew somebody was going to take off running. I just didn't think it was going to be my wife. And I said, I saw Miss Shasha, and I said, okay. I saw Ken, I said, yeah. And I look, I look at Grace and I said, where your mama at? She was gone, man. Hallelujah. And that's what you got to do. Let the Holy Ghost take control. Let him take control. If you want to run, run. If you want to dance, dance. If you want to shout, shout. If you want to pray, pray. Let the Holy Ghost take control. Hallelujah. Let him have his way. Amen. Hallelujah. It's a, it's a free place. It's a free place. Free to worship. Hallelujah. In Philadelphia. Amen. So worship team, they did great. Amen. Minister Brian and Israel and the team, y'all did awesome. All right. So, y'all, today we in John 18. We done left chapter 17 and we finished up on the Lord's Prayer, his high priestly prayer. And remember in that prayer, uh, Jesus prayed for us. He prayed that the Father might keep us, that he might make us one, that he might give us joy, that he might sanctify us, that he might uh, 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 grant us to be with him where he's going in, in heaven. He also prays that, that Yah would give us love and that we would love one another, amen, and love him as well. And so we covered that high priestly prayer in a matter of a few weeks, and we move on to chapter 18. And in chapter 18, amen, we began a snowball effect of moving into the cross. Things are going to be speeding up, amen, because Jesus is leaving that high heavenly prayer, amen, and we meet him back down on earth, amen, and, and we're not in heaven no more in the prayer and the glory and all that stuff anymore. We back with the blasphemers. We back with the betrayers. We back with those that want to take something from Jesus that actually belonged to him. And so we back there in chapter 18, and we're going to be talking about that. Amen. We're going to have three points in this message this morning. I'm hoping to get hallelujah to all of them, but if not, amen, we're going to just kind of uh, 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 monitor our time and then stop when it's time, and then we'll pick up next Sunday, most high say the same. But uh, the three points I have is kind of synonymous with the title of the message. First point is going to be a brook. 
Second point, a garden. And the third point, a snake. Amen. And that's the title, a brook, a garden, and a snake. Amen. And we'll be talking about that uh, uh, this morning. And so without further ado, let's begin with our first point, a brook, a brook. And we're deriving this straight from verse 1. The Bible says, when Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Sidron, where was a garden into the which he entered and his disciples. So after Jesus did his high priestly prayer, the Bible says, after he had spoken these words, that's what it means. He went forth with his disciples over the brook Kidron. Now, now the, the, the Greek says Sidron, but the Hebrew says Kidron, Kidron, all right? And the brook Kidron was a stream or a river depending on the seasons. Usually in the wintertime, it was more boisterous and, and torrential uh, because the winter rains would make the brook Kidron more like a river. But in the summer times and in the spring, sometimes, amen, the river would, would dry up and you would barely see a trickle. Amen. And, but the Brook Kidron was in what's called the Kidron Valley. Say that with me. Kidron Valley. Okay. And I have some pics, amen, if the sound booth could help me out. Amen. That's the Brook Kidron. It's still there. Uh, when we have an opportunity to visit Israel as a church, they might kick us out, but we're going to all go, amen, and, 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 and take a tour of our future home as God is going to be bringing us back, amen, <laughs> hallelujah. And we're going to be pointing out, we're going to say, John Shalama, that's your house, Miss Margaret, that's your house. We're going to take back what the devil stole from us. Anybody hear me up in here? Amen, hallelujah. And so, hallelujah, that was just a little pick of it, but now we want to look at a, a, a map that shows the topography of the land. Uh, you'll see the, the Kidron Valley kind of runs through. And what it runs through, amen, is the Temple Mount and the Mount of Olives, all right? The Mount of Olives is on the east side. The Temple Mount is there. And when Jesus would visit the temple, amen, oftentimes, he would head over uh, to the Mount of Olives. He'd go east, amen. Uh, 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 Mary and Lazarus lived in that area going east towards uh, the Mount of Olives. Uh, but as we'll see, there was a garden that he would love to be there. Well, to get to the Mount of Olives, Jesus would have to cross the Kidron Valley. And there was a bridge there. There was some type of a mechanism where they can cross over. Um, and that's the Kidron Valley. Now, um, the Kidron Valley had some different names. It was also known as the Valley of Jehoshaphat. The Valley of Jehoshaphat. And those that know their Bible know that the Valley of Jehoshaphat has got some Armageddon, some Book of Revelation, last time eschatology prophecy about it. Um, those that might not know it by the Valley of Jehoshaphat would know it by another name, the Valley of Decision. The Valley of Decision, all right? Uh, so I've given you three names, the Valley of Kidron, uh, the Je Valley of Jehoshaphat, the Valley of Decision. There was another Hebrew name, the Valley of Gehenna, because they use it as a, as a trash dump sometimes. They would throw things out of the city into the Valley of uh, Kidron, uh, trash, uh, dead bodies even, amen? It was not a place that you would want to be. Now, it's called the Valley of Decision because the Valley of Kidron is a place of judgment reserved for God. 
And that's why we talked about it in different context of the book of Revelation and Armageddon. Because in fact, it is the place that is said where God will sit in the last days to judge the nations of men in this valley of Kidron, this valley of decision. Isn't that amazing? That Jesus would be walking across the same valley that he's going to be sitting on his throne judging the nations. And you know him, he's omniscient, he knows all, he's the Father, he's the Son, he's the Holy Spirit. He's crossing the valley that he's going to sit one day and being timeless like he is. He's here, but he's already there. Mm. Anybody hear me up in here? Just to give y'all a little snippet of that, just to verify and corroborate what I'm saying in Joel chapter 3, verse 1. For behold, in those days and in that time when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem. That's a beautiful statement there. I say in the last days when I bring again the captivity, if you don't know the Greek and you're just looking at that, you say, what, are you going to take us captive again? No, when he says he's going to bring again the captivity, that means that he's going to undo the captivity. He's going to release Judah and Jerusalem. To corroborate that in the NLT verse 1, it says, at the time of those events, says the Lord, when I restore the prosperity of Judah and Jerusalem. Anybody want to be restored? Anybody want to be restored? That's what that verse means. Is that in the times, God's going to restore Judah. He's going to restore Jerusalem. But go back to the King James. Verse 2 is going to tell us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will also gather all nations. Somebody say all nations. God says, I'm going to gather all nations, and I'm going to bring them down into the valley of where? Of Jehoshaphat. God says, I'm bringing them to Kidron. Whether they want to go or not, I'm bringing them there. I'm going to bring them to the valley of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, and I will plead with them there. Pleading is a legal term. I will judge them there. What am I going to judge them for? For my people and for my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted the land. You see, my land, God said. Don't matter what Balfour agreement they give to divide the land amongst this one and that one. That wasn't their land to divide. It's God's land. And the land belongs to the people that God said belonged to. Anybody hear me up in here? That's why they call it the promised land, because it was promised to a certain people. And them ain't the people it was promised to. Come on, give y'all some praise. All right. Going back to the NLT verse 2, just talking about the Valley of Kidron and its importance biblically. He says in verse 2, NLT, I will gather the armies of the world into the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I will judge them for what? For harming my people, my special possession, for scattering my people among the nations, and for dividing up my land. This is the book, Brook Kidron. This is the place where God going to do it at. And I can just see Jesus. I could just see him. Leaving the Temple Mount after doing that high priestly prayer. He leaving the Temple Mount and he's going into that garden. We're going to talk about it. And he knows what's going to happen in that garden. He knows that he's about to be crucified the, the very next day. Are y'all with me here so far? But before he's crucified, he has to cross that place where judgment going to sit. And he's just looking around and saying, y'all playing. But y'all going to have to meet me at this place sometime soon. Come on, give y'all some praise. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. 
And so the valley of Kidron was a place of judgment. It's not only a place of judgment futuristically, but it's also a place of betrayal. It's a place historically of betrayal. Amen. And though we don't like to talk about being betrayed, many of us have experienced betrayal. We've experienced people stabbing us in the back. We've experienced people that we've been good to huh? stick a knife in our side. We've all played, hallelujah, uh, uh, the part of Julius Caesar, where Brutus come and we look and we say, hey, two Brutus? Well, the Kidron Valley, the Brook Kidron, is a place of betrayal. Historically, in 2 Samuel 15, Yahshua's, Jesus's, great, 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 I'd have to go to great, to the 26th power to get to it, amen? His great, great, great grandfather to the 26th power, David, that's why they called him the son of David. David was betrayed at the brook Kidron. He was betrayed at the valley of Kidron. He said, Pastor, when did this happen? It was when he was exiled and kicked off his own throne. It was when his own son, Absalom, and one of his good, good friends, Ahithophel, they joined forces against David, betrayed David, took his throne, and ran him out of his own city. The valley of Kidron is not only a place of judgment, it's a place of betrayal. And in 2 Samuel 15, 13, we're going to read a little bit about that betrayal. And it's important because not only is Jesus crossing this valley saying, wow, I'm going to judge all of them here. He's crossing the valley looking forward to the judgment, but looking back and saying, wow, my ancestor was betrayed right here too. All right. And you say, what's the significance? Because Jesus is about to be betrayed in this very place right here too. It was a place of betrayal, a place that we don't like to go, but a place that sometimes God will have us walk through. Anybody hear me up in here? But always know that when you betray, amen, that you're walking through it. You don't walk and stay at that place. You walk through it because there's a blessing on the other side. If you would just... <laughs> they did it to hurt you, but God's going to do it to bless you. You got to just keep walking through it. Somebody in here, you still stuck at that Kidron Valley. You ain't even crossed the bridge. You still at that place where they stabbed you in the back, where they talked about you, where they mistreated you, where they cheated on you, where they lied on you. You're still in that place of bitterness and hurt. What Jesus and David is going to teach us here is that betrayal is going to happen. People will do you wrong. They're going to do you wrong sometimes, hallelujah, inadvertently, subconsciously, and some even going to stab you and twist the knife to do you wrong. But no matter if they did it by accident or on purpose, you got to keep it moving, child of God. you got to keep it moving. God don't want you to stay at the brook Kidron. God don't want you to stay on that bridge. That bridge was to bring you to it and through it, not for you to build a house there. Come on, give y'all some praise, amen? Hallelujah, hallelujah. If Jesus would have stayed stuck there, there'd be no cross, no resurrection, there'd be no salvation. But he moved right through that betrayal. 
That's we got to learn to do too. I don't know who I'm speaking to in here, but y'all done been betrayed. Hallelujah. Might have been by sister brother. Might have been by mama daddy. Could have been like, like David we about to read, by best friend. And that's all a part of life, y'all. We going to all go through that. How you expect that Jesus be betrayed and you not going to be betrayed? You ain't better than Jesus. He ain't never did anybody wrong, but you do wrong. You do wrong. And so in some respects, the betrayal you get is what you deserve. Because at the end of the day, you, all of us done betrayed our creator, for there's not one amongst us that sin it not. We're just getting a taste of what we give him. But we get betrayed and act like some kind of way. We the holiest person on earth. Like we've never done wrong, never done anybody no wrong, inadvertently or on purpose. A lot of times in life, we only get what we've given first to begin with. Anybody hear me up in here? Hey! Sit up in here like we ain't never done nobody no wrong. And then when somebody do us wrong, we sit there and think, how could you? How could you? They did it to Jesus, man. But you can't build a house there. You can't live there. You can't build nothing there. You can't build a house there, a business there, a family there, a church there. You can't build your future there. You can't build nothing there. The foundation of betrayal is not a good foundation to build anything on. <laughs> Grace was teaching the kids in Sunday school. Huh? That's a house built on sand. You got to build it on the rock, man. Anybody hear me up in here? Hey, it's got to be built on the rock. Everything you do got to be built on the rock. Don't ever do something because somebody did you wrong. Don't ever do something because somebody, because that's, that, that's not a godly motivation. The wrath of man never works the righteousness of God and it never will. Anybody hear me up in here? So that betrayal place is the Valley of Kidron as well. And we'll read about it a little bit, amen, as soon as I get off my little prophetic soapbox and get back to the scripture. I'm doing that because you're going to experience, every leader going to experience betrayal. I don't care if you leading, amen, a, a group of can collectors that pick up cans on Louisiana Avenue. You part of Little Abatement, the LPCC, listen, but you the head, if you're the head of anything, anything, if you're leading the, the grill at McDonald's, if you're the lead cashier, if you lead anything, you're going to experience betrayal. It's a part of the leadership package. If you don't want to experience it, don't ever become a leader. Anybody hear me up in here? All right, but if you want to be a leader, then you got to get yourself ready. That people will do you wrong. But you got to keep it moving. <laughs> you got to keep it moving. Look at your neighbor and say, keep it moving. Yeah, 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 yeah. No matter what that husband do, ha, you got to keep it moving. <laughs> hey, no matter what that wife do, you got to keep it moving. No matter what that child do, you got to keep it moving. No matter what mama done did, you got to keep it moving. No matter what daddy done did, you got to keep it moving. No matter what sister, brother, cousin, aunt, uncle, neighbor, no matter what they do, you got to keep it moving. Hey, God, somebody got to shout up in here if I'm preaching. Hey! 
hey, the moment you build a house there, life doesn't stop. See? That's what David's going to teach us. You got to keep it moving. In 2 Samuel 15, 13, he says, And there came a messenger to David, saying, The hearts of the men of Israel are after Absalom. After Absalom. Absalom was David's son. Hallelujah. And you can be betrayed by a bunch of people, but when you're betrayed by a, by a son, that's going to hurt. That's going to hurt. That's going to hurt. And, and you got sons biologically, but you, you got spiritual sons. You got financial sons. You got business, economic sons that you teach the game, the business. You got all kind of different sons in life. It's, it's, all a son is is somebody that's ahead of you pass something to you so that you can grow to their place. All right? All right? All right? So Absalom was, was David's son, all right? And what Absalom was doing, he was going around David's kingdom, and he was talking to the people in their ear, talking soft terms. Whispering. Whispering. Pastor, what was he whispering? I could do it better than David. That's why as a leader, you're going to always have an Absalom. The spirit of Absalom is still alive and well today. Because whenever you lead something, Absalom going to come and say, I could do it better than Shabbat. I could do it better. John don't know how to make that coffee. I could, I could make that coffee better than John. You see? Now, we're not good on them, them, them social media. He ain't good at what he do. I could do it better than him. And what our Absalom do is move across your inferiors, the people under you, and begin to sow division and faction and begin to be critical of you and point out your faults. Now, the thing about it is, is that all of us have faults. Every one of us. None of us are perfect, so our leadership is not going to be perfect. But what our Absalom does, our Absalom put a magnifying glass on your faults and put a microscope on the things that you do well. <laughs> they, they, they hide your strengths, but they magnify your weaknesses. <laughs> and if you never experience Absalom, when you become a leader, you're going to experience it. You get your own business, and you're going to see an Absalom come through that. Huh? And God forbid the Absalom be the person you hire, be the person you pay. Be the person you putting food on their table. Hey, come on, somebody. And they move around your establishment saying, Leola ain't good enough. I could do it better. And they move around and they steal the hearts of the people God has entrusted to you. See, what people don't understand is this. Nothing that a man or a woman has comes from them. It all comes from God. Anybody hear me up in here? That's what Jesus said. Jesus said a man can't have anything unless it's given to him from above. But what the Absalom spirit don't understand is you don't go around trying to steal hearts. Those hearts were not given to you. They don't belong to you. You're breaking, hallelujah, you're breaking the will of God. You're out of the will. <laughs> 
And not only you out the will, but everybody with you out the will. <laughs> because they was never given to you. You just got them because you was whispering. I can do it better. So not only the Absalom spirit is out of the will, but everybody following Absalom is out of the will. And you'll see people following the Absalom spirit. They're going to leave your business, huh? And try to start their own business, but that business ain't going to work. <laughs> They left a good paying job where they was getting a check every week. Now they ain't getting no check at all. <laughs> We're talking about a spirit of what? Absalom. That's that son spirit that want to steal hearts. Listen to me good. I'm not only teaching this so that you could see it, but also so that you would never be it. All right? Don't ever be an Absalom. If somebody done been good to you, if somebody done invested in you, if somebody done taught you, raised you up, disciple you, and no matter what field, no matter spiritual, financial, if they taught you how to lay floors, if they, whatever they taught you, remember how good they was to you when they found you. Hey, anybody hear me up in here? You see, the spirit of Absalom forgets how they found you. They forget where they came from. They forget when you passed by and you saw them in their blood. They forget that. So don't ever be that. Don't be a person where somebody could be good to you, invest in you, in whatever atmosphere, whatever discipline, whatever subject matter, they invest in you. Don't turn your back on them and become a traitor, a betrayer, don't ever become an Absalom. Because that spirit gonna end up, just like Absalom gonna end up, stuck in a tree, waiting for the judgment of God. Come on, give y'all some praise up in here. Don't be no Absalom. Don't be no Absalom. Don't be no Absalom. Respect your fathers in whatever subject matter, whatever discipline, with whoever done poured into you. And even listen, they're going to do you wrong. Fathers do wrong. They do wrong. Daughters, they, they, they do wrong. But in the, in the wrong that they do you, never forget the right that they did you. You see, leaders know, and I, I won't prophesy to you, leaders know that you could do somebody right for 20 years. And they catch you on one bad day. Now for 20 years, you done gave them everything you had. You done met with them, you done, you done, you done paid bills, you done, you done put food in the table, you done wrote them checks. They come to you one day. Oh, let's be elongated. They come to you one week. And you don't live up to the expectations that they have for you. Now, you ain't Jesus. <laughs> you ain't Jesus. But as soon as they, they, they catch you on a bad week, they take out their little brooder's blade because they want to stab you in the back now. But the thing about Absalom is this. Your bad week didn't make Absalom. They were always an Absalom in their heart. <laughs> when you brought them in, they always wanted what you had. 
They always wanted your position. They always wanted to make the coffee. They always wanted to be the deacon, to be the minister. They always wanted to have your business. They, they wanted your life. But they couldn't get it until they saw a crack in your arm. And when they, when they saw it, that's when they said, I got Bryce now. I got him now. I'm going to tell the world about it. I'm going to tell the world about it. And that Absalom spirit don't come from Absalom. It come from Lucifer. Because Lucifer is the first Absalom. How he would look in the face of a God that created him and made him beautiful and gave him every gift and everything that he had, but he would look at that God and roam around heaven, not walk around heaven and enjoy heaven, no, but walk around and whisper to a third of the angels. He not all what he cracked up to be. And Lucifer led a rebellion, taking a third of the angels with him to a father who was good to him. Huh? But you was cast down because iniquity was found in you. And there's a place prepared for you and all those like you. Hey, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. We talk about the Brook Kidron. Judgment's going to happen there. But betrayal happens there, too. And if you're going to be any kind of a leader, in Judah, you are leaders. The scepter will never depart from you. Wherever you go, you're going to rise to the top. And in your rise is my responsibility to prepare you. There's going to be some Absalons on your team. It's going to be some Judases on your squad. And they're going to come in on fire. They're going to come in like they're going to storm the world for you. But they got a little blade behind their back. If I don't prepare you, you're not going to be ready. And if you're not ready, you're going to be offended to bitterness. And if you're offended to bitterness, it can stop the work of God in your life because you're not going to go on. You're going to camp at Kidron. Don't you camp at Kidron. You got to keep moving. The very thing the devil sent to break you is going to make you. It's going to push you to the resurrection. It's going to push you to the crown that God got for you. You see, when they betrayed Joseph, Joseph said, you thought it for bad. Hey, but my God thought it for good. Hey, come on, somebody. You look at that ex-husband, that ex-wife, you thought it for bad. Hey, but when I look at my new family, God done thought it for good. Ha! Anybody hear me up in here? Anybody hear me up in here? So never be worried about that. Kidron is just a place that we all got to cross. It's a place we all got to cross. Come on, give y'all some praise up in this house. And so David is, is fleeing Absalom. There came a messenger to David saying, the hearts of the men of Israel are after Absalom. He done tricked them. He was not only trick himself, but he done trick all the people. And David said unto all his servants that were with him at Jerusalem, arise and let us flee. A bad time. Now, this is the greatest king that would ever be in the history of our people, barring Yahshua himself. Such a great king that they would call Yahshua 
the son of David. The greatest king of our people is being kicked out by our people. Because we don't have discernment to see an Absalom spirit. Because we don't know what an Absalom spirit look like. An Absalom spirit comes simply to steal, to kill, and destroy. Because they're not the shepherds. They're not the one that God gave the sheep to. They come to steal sheep. It was never yours. It was never yours. So the Bible said here, arise, let us flee the greatest king, for we shall not else escape from Absalom. Make speed, depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring evil upon us. And smite the city. I know it's sad, baby. And smite the city with the edge of the sword. This is a great time of sadness for David. Huh? And listen, it's not just a great time of sadness for David, but as Jesus is crossing this, he looked forward to the judgment, but he looked back to betrayal with David and Absalom. And Jesus could relate to the judgment, but he also could relate to betrayal. Because while he's crossing the brook, guess what? He know that Judah's making a deal. Mm. Somebody that he done fathered is going to sell him out for 30 pieces of silver. So Jesus walking across that, that Kadron, he's saying, man, I'm about to get the same thing. And not only, not only him, but, 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 but the Pharisees. The Pharisees coming to take something that belonged to Jesus. Well, who belonged to Jesus? Yahudah, Judah, Jerusalem. But the Pharisees, like that parable Jesus would tell, a certain rich man planted a vineyard and dug a pit around it, furnished it, put a tower in it, did everything that was needed that the vineyard might be successful. He didn't borrow no money from nobody else. He put his money into the vineyard. His energy, his time, his ingenuity, his creativity into the vineyard, just like your ministry, just like your job, just like your business. You put all of that in there by the grace of Almighty God. But the parable says that then Jesus lent it out to people to run it because he had to go on a long journey, the parable says. He come back from his long journey after he let the vineyard out, and they don't want to let the owner of the vineyard in. He said, I'm going to send a servant. Jesus said, I'm going to send my prophets. They beat them. They kill some. They stone others. And then, hallelujah, God said, I'm going to send, in, in the parable, he said, the, the, the owner said, I'm going to send my only begotten son. He said, surely they're going to receive my son. <laughs> these wicked men who took something that didn't belong to them, something that they didn't have the ingenuity to create, nor the resources to pour into, nor the, st the stable life to uphold. These wicked men say, the air coming. Let's kill him, and the vineyard going to be ours. Steal, kill, and destroy. Don't ever let that be you. Don't ever let that be you. Don't ever let that be you. Know the Absaloms, 
but also never be one. Come on, give y'all some praise. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so in 23, come on, y'all, y'all pulling all kinds of stuff out. And, and all the country wept loud with a loud voice. And all the people passed over. That's King David. David is passing over the brook Kidron. The king also passed over the brook Kidron. And all the people passed over toward the way of the wilderness. They go on to the Mount of Olives. And David went up by the ascent of the Mount of Olivet and wept as he went up. And he had his head covered. And he went barefoot, the king. And all the people that was with him covered every man his head. And they went up weeping as they went up. And one told David as if it couldn't get any worse, not only Absalom, but Ahithophel, his friend, is among the conspirators with Absalom. Can I tell you that sometimes it ain't going to be a son, but it's going to be a good friend? Anybody ever been betrayed by a friend? All right. Sound boot, pull me up Psalm 41.9. In Psalm 55, 12. We're going to do Psalm 41, 9. I didn't give it to you. In Psalm 55, 12. Y'all, come on, y'all. Encourage me. Say, take your time, Pastor. I think we're going to do this first point, and then we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna break camp. Because it's going to be enough. Because you need to know what an Absalom spirit is. All right? But it wasn't only Absalom. It was Ahithophel one of his friends. Now, Ahithophel was the grandfather of Bathsheba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, even the greatest king made some mistakes. When he was on that roof looking at that woman bathing with that olive oil, that woman, young woman, was his friend's granddaughter. But David was caught up in his sin. When you're in your sin, you ain't thinking about nobody granddaughter. You don't forgot her name. You don't know who she is. All he sees is the bubble bed. That's all he sees. Bubble bed. Bubble bed. Bubble bed. <laughs> you don't even know her name. <laughs> he asks his men, who that is up there? <laughs> but that's like your best friend granddaughter, bro. But he's so caught up in his lust and his sin. He can't see clearly. So he make a mistake, but in his mistake, he wound a friend. And when he wound his friend, his friend can't cross Kidron. Ahithophel is in that bitter place. You done did my granddaughter wrong, dog. You done did my child wrong, dog. And that's how some people get there. That's how some people link up with the Absaloms because of hurt like Absalom. You see, hurt people don't only hurt people, but hurt people attract other hurt people. That's why as a leader, you're wondering, how they all coming against me? Huh? Because they all hurt. And you will hurt people because you're living, you're alive. <laughs> as long as you keep breathing, you're going to hurt people. But the problem is, is when people can't get over hurt, when they can't bring that hurt to the cross, when they can't bring it to the altar, 
And you end up with a people, because you can't, you, can't you can't have a group that don't have nothing in common. This group that's growing under David knows all have one thing in common. They all been hurt by David. You see? Well, what does that teach us? One, again, deal with your hurt before you end up with an Absalom. Deal with your hurt. Number two, do your best not to hurt people. <laughs> do your best, your very best, not to talk to them wrong. Try to be blameless, and, and you're still going to hurt people. But at least you're going to mitigate and minimize the number of people you hurt. Do not just treat people any kind of way. Are you going to build Absalom's kingdom? All right? All right? I'm talking to future leaders here. Any, any future leaders in the house? Any future leaders? Any leaders or future leaders? Any future business owners in the house? Any future ministers, deacons, any future pastors that's in the house? This message might be too big for some, but if you have a vision of leadership on your life, I'm giving you leadership 101, 201, 301, 420. Because if you're going to lead anything, you're going to have to know how to deal with Absalom and Ahithophel. You're going to have to know how to deal with it. All right? So that's Ahithophel's story. That's how he looked up, hooked up with Absalom. All right? It wasn't that they love the kingdom and the people of the kingdom. They just hated David. And that's how people are going to be against you. It's not that they love the people that's under you. They just hate you. They're not even doing it for the people. They're doing it because they hate you. Absalom hates David. That's why he want to take the kingdom. It ain't for the glory of God. He just hates David. Ahithophel want to take the kingdom with Absalom. Not that he want to lead the kingdom into some triumphal. They already got the best kingdom. He don't want to take the people because he, he loved the people. Ahithophel is on that injury David did him. And that's why I want to take your people, David, because you hurt me, and I want to hurt you back. It's not about the people. It's not about the people. It's not even about the glory of God. They're still stuck on Kadron. Y'all quiet up in here. Y'all quiet up in here. Y'all quiet. I'm trying to teach you leadership. And I ain't telling you something I heard. <laughs> Come on, Bryce. No, 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 no. See, as a leader, God, God gonna bring you through those things so that you can help other leaders. Oh, y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't. TP, I'm trying to tell them what's gonna happen when they open their business, when they open their ministry, when they open it. Absalom's and Ahithophel's. Psalm 41.9, David talked about Ahithophel. Psalm 41.9, he said, man, my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread. <laughs> we didn't just eat together. David said he ate my bread. 
had lifted up his heel against me. How in the world you gonna come to my house and eat my food? And then when I look for an enemy, your heel is up like you about to do me something. Well, what you doing? What's wrong with your foot? Where you going? What's wrong? That's what David said. Listen, don't only be trained in discernment to see it, but please, never be it. Never be it. Never be. Don't let somebody feed you and bless you and you turn around and try to injure them in some kind of way. Don't ever do that. No matter how wrong they do you or how perceived wrong they do you. Always remember the good that they did you. You see? Unless you're an Absalom in heart, you're a Judas in heart, you're a Hithophel in heart, unless you're a Luciferian at heart, then we can't fix that. Then we can't fix that. Only God gonna be able to fix that. All right? All right? All right? What about Psalm 55, 12? David talked about how much it hurt him, man. Come on now. Come on, leaders. Y'all don't act like y'all ain't got people trying to stab y'all in the back. He says, for it was not an enemy that reproached me. Then I could have borne it, David said. I would have expected from somebody else, David said. He said, neither was it he that hated me that didn't magnify himself against me. I always knew that little girl in the hood hated me ever since I put them braids in my head and she was jealous. David said, if it had been somebody that hated me, he said, man. I would have understood. He said, and I would have hid myself from him. I know that they don't like me, so I ain't going to walk around not being ready around them. But David said in the next verse, 13, he said, but it was you. It was you. A man my equal. That means you, my, you was my dog. I treated you like you was. You going to have people like that. People that's your dog. He said, man, my equal. He said, my God. You was a counselor. I brought things to you, and we talked about things. I talked about personal stuff with you. That's what David saying. He said, you was mine acquaintance. You was my friend. He talking about a hit the fell right here. And we talk about it. Look at the next verse in 14. We took sweet counsel together. And we walked into the house of God in company. You weren't just my friend. We went to the same church. Oh, come on, somebody. We was friends outside, but we went to the same church. And you're going to do me that. And we walked to the house of God together. How many people know that you can come to church with somebody and still be betrayed by them? How many people know that Judas was in the church? Yeah. Well, if Lucifer was in heaven, <laughs> anybody hear me up in here? <laughs> 
So what does that mean? Why are you leaving your armor off when you come to church? Why you put all your guards down when you come to church? Why you act like nobody going to do you wrong in church? That's like going to a hospital where all the people are sick and expecting not to get sick when you go to the hospital. <laughs> Everybody's sick in the hospital. Everybody's sinners in the church. Everybody, even the one that don't think they're sinners, they're proud. They're sinners too. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? What does that mean? People in the church will do you wrong. You got to come with your armor. And when you come with your armor, you're going to be ready. You ain't going to be stuck at Kadroon. We got some people in here. You're here, yeah, but you're still stuck. With that acquaintance, the one you came to church with that done did you wrong. You know who you are. You on this side, she on that side. They're the only one in here you ain't told hi this morning to. When you going to deal with Kadron? When you going to say to yourself, we all human and we going to make mistakes? When are we going to do that? When you going to show people the grace that God showed you? And if you can't find a reason in them to do it, can you do it for yourself? Can you just say, I'm tired being at Kadron? And I'm ready for the next phase of my life. I'm ready for my next ministry. I'm ready for my next business. I'm ready to keep it moving. There's going to be sometimes people in church, and that's what David said. David said, man, we, we went to church together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's a hit to fail, y'all. He was one of the conspirators. But in verse 32, amen, uh, David teaches us something about Kidron he, while he's crossing it. And it came to pass that when David was come to the top of the mount, that's Mount Olivet, that's where Jesus is going. That's where Gethsemane is. He's at the top of the mountain. And it came to pass that when David was come to the top of the mountain where he worshipped God. He worshipped God. And this is important. You know, Minister Brian said this morning as they was doing that worship, he said our worship going to be our witness. I said, wow, that's profound. That's profound. So people watching how I worship, and my worship going to touch their life, my worship is going to teach them something about God. My worship is going to make them closer to God in some kind of way. The answer is yes. Because right here, David is in his problems. He's in his trouble. He being betrayed, stabbed in the back, not only by his best friend, but by his own blood, his son. And not just his son, no. And for those that don't know, this was David's son's son. This was the one that he thought was going to be the one that was going to take the throne after him. It was Absalom. You know, all your children, amen, you don't, you, don't, you don't have no favorites, but you got something that you think, oh, yeah, you the future. But Absalom was just looking at how he looked. I mean, David was just looking at how he looked. 
He had that good hair like y'all call it. That same good hair that got him caught in a tree. This Absalom was a looker, and David put all of his heart into that son, and that was the same son that stabbed him in his back. David was in pain, man. But even in that pain, when he got to the top of the Mount of Olives, in the midst of being betrayed, David still worshiped God. Can you get yourself to a place where no matter how people treat you, you still come to worship God? <laughs> no matter how people of God do you, God still faithful, God still worthy, God still holy, God still a provider, still a healer, still a way maker, still a savior. How in the world? Amen. The way people treat you gonna affect the way you worship God. And they got some of you, if you don't watch Kidron, Kidron gonna take your worship away. Because that's all the devil wanna do is steal your praise. That's all he wanna do. He wanna steal your praise. He wanna stop you singing. That's why you're going through what you're going through. That's why the men, the women, the sons, the daughters, yeah, you're going through some trouble. But I'm here to call out the Davids this morning, the mighty men and women of God that could say, God, you could put me in the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but I'm going to still praise you. <laughs> hey, God, I don't care even what's going on in my body, like Job, huh? Like Job, hallelujah. He give and he take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Anybody hear me up in here? You're in a situation like Paul and you're, and you're out there and you got a thorn in your flesh and the problem looked like it just won't go away. The problem is there this year, the next year, and the next year. But you say, God, ha, your grace is sufficient for me. Hey, my strength is made perfect in weakness. God, I'll glory in my infirmities. I will praise you even in my storm. See, God is looking for worshipers like that. That circumstances don't steal, they worship. And that's what David gonna teach us. That we could be in Kidron. We could be in the place of betrayal. And Judas's and, and Absalom's and Ahithophel. But when Sunday morning comes, Guess where you gonna find me? <laughs> and guess what my hands gonna be doing? <laughs> because God, you're still good and your mercy endureth forever. Come on, somebody, give him some praise up in here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you don't let him got you don't let him get too close. You don't let it go too deep. It doesn't touch the place where only God belongs. Or the Bible says, sanctify the Lord God in your heart. That means set him apart in your heart. That means that no matter what happens in your life, there's a core, there's a, there's a circle of energy that belongs to God that nobody else can hinder, hamper, or harm. And that's what a mature believer is. David, being betrayed by his own son, got up on that mountain and he worshiped the most high God.
Well, in the Hebrew, y'all, that's what Kidron is all about. It's all about judgment. It's all about betrayal. It's actually in the Hebrew, the word means darkness, turbulence, agitation. Even sometimes this Kidron can mean great evil and sorrow. And judgment is a place of death. But it's a place that all of us need to cross, y'all. And when you cross it, amen, can I give you a bit of advice? Keep God close. Keep him close. Keep him close. Now is not the time to stop praying. Now is not the time to stop reading your Bible. Now is not the time to stop coming to church. No. When the Absalons and the Judases raise their head and people stab you in the back and hurt you the most, is when you are to press into God even more. That's what you need when you're crossing Kadron. And as you press into God, he's going to teach you that he's still in control. He's still in control. If God brought you to it, he's going to bring you through it. There's no need to contemplate hurting yourself, taking some pills. Listen, that's what the Gentiles do. We don't do no stuff like that. No, we got too many stories and too much history of people's lives in our Bible looking like it's over, looking like there's no hope. But while God is on the throne and while he's king of our lives, every day we open our eyes, there's hope. Amen. Hallelujah. There's hope. Amen. God will work it out. Hallelujah. And so here we have David, y'all. And I ain't going to get no further than this first point. I see it. I see it. I see it. I, I see it. And, and, you know, if I went anywhere else, it wouldn't be right because that's enough what we talked about today. Amen. That's enough to take home with you. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we have a correlation. And, and, and musicians, if y'all can, ministers of music, y'all can make your way up. Amen. Hallelujah. We have the Brook of Kidron where both Jesus and David had to leave Jerusalem by night. Both retreated across the Brook, Brook Kidron on the way out of town. Both were being betrayed uh, by someone close to them. For David, it was Absalom and Ahithophel. For Jesus, it was Judas and the Pharisees and Sadducees. Both would soon be attacked and accosted on the other side of the brook. For David, if you remember the story, Shimei was throwing rocks at David. We're going to get to it next week, but in that garden, Jesus is going to be apprehended and arrested. Amen. They're going to come at him like a criminal. Amen. When he was in the temple preaching day and night, you know. Uh, but even though both would be accosted across that brook and hurt and harmed and treated like criminals, the end of the story is this. Both would return in victory. And both would retain their kingdoms. Come on, give y'all some praise. Hallelujah. 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 So this morning we talked about a brook. Uh, next Sunday we come, we're going to talk about a garden. Amen. And a snake that's in that garden. Amen. We're going to get even deeper on that. I pray you don't miss it. I pray that, that God will bless you with it. Because what we're learning is, is leadership. Amen. And my brother Marcus over there, he understands leadership and business. And, and I pray that whatever area you find yourself leading in, you just always be ready for this. Be ready for this. Because every time it happens, you're going to get better at dealing with it. Uh, uh, and I won't tell you, hallelujah, we're learning from the best right here. 
because Jesus is the best to deal with it. Anybody hear me? I mean, he's the best. Hey, Jesus is the best. He's the best. He dealt with it. He's our teacher, amen, and he went through it. Uh, we're going to go through it too. And so right now we're going to have a, a bit of an altar call. And ushers, if you can open up the gates, and, and I just want to qualify this altar call while they come, amen. Maybe this, this service has spoke to you. Maybe it, it called out some, some secret things, some secret hurts. And no, I don't know your business. Amen. But I'm praying to the one who does. Anybody hear me up in him? And you'd be surprised to how many people are suffering in the same area just like you. And you think you're alone. You think that nobody else is going through the betrayal that you're going through. But that's not true. That's not true. Amen. A lot of us are. But this altar call is going to be to give you hope that God's going to turn it around. There's a second group, amen, that we're going to call for the altar call. Maybe you've been noticing that in your life you've been kind of mistreating the people that's been good to you. You've been kind of acting like a Absalom or Ahithophel. And it could have been people, spiritual parents, biological parents, supervisors, managers, business owners that done helped you in some kind of way. And now you find yourself on the other side of them. Instead of being grateful and thankful, instead of magnifying their strengths, you magnifying their weaknesses. You find yourself whispering in the ears of people that's under them. You, you're not building, you're tearing apart. And we ain't been sit here, sent here by God to tear nothing apart. We got to build together, y'all. Anybody hear me up in here? But if you find yourself operating like an Absalom or Hithophel or even being beguiled by one whispering in any area, this altar call is going to be for you as well. And of course, lastly, if you're here and you don't know God. And the moment I started talking, I started talking about Kadron being a place of judgment where the great white throne going to come down. God going to deal with the nations of men. And guess what? Not just nations, but individuals going to stand before his throne and give an account what's been done in their bodies. And not just about whether they were backstabbers and betrayers and Judases. They going to be there. But sin is going to be called out to question that, that judgment seat. All sin. Every lie. Every theft. Every act of disobedience at that seat is going to be called up. And I don't want to hear nothing about a number of sins. Pastor, what I got to get uh, to, to make a C, to make a D, to pass my way into heaven? No, 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 no. Heaven is not a test that you take to get in. Heaven is not about a score that you have to make to get in. Heaven is not about a number of sins you got to stay under. For the wages of one sin is death. Because heaven is a holy place. And one sin disqualifies you from it. And that's our problem. Because we've all committed at least one sin. But the good news is that our Heavenly Father sent us a Savior by the name of who? 
Jesus. Hey, somebody, somebody. Oh, how I love that! Why I love the name? Because one sin would have sent me to hell, but one name, hey, one name, hey, one name, hey. Ha! When I call it, anybody hear me up in here? One name, one person saved me from all my sins. All my sins. And so on that great judgment day, hallelujah, while everybody lined up and going to have to, the book's going to be open. Listen, listen, my, our name not even going to be in that book. Ha! When you call on Jesus, he scratched your name out that book. Ha! With a red blood stain and pen, he scratched your name right out of that. And he tell the angels, they transcribed them out of this book and put them in another book. Ha! And that other book is called the Lamb's book of life. Anybody hear me up in here? Oh, how I love the name Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 So if you want to make sure you saved today, I'm going to give you an opportunity in this sacred place to call upon that name. When you call upon that name, the Bible says, Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We admit we sinners, we believe in his cross, his burial, his resurrection, and we call. Something happens when we call. We go from darkness to light when we call. <laughs> we go from sinner to saint when we call. Anybody hear me up in here? We go from club to church when we call. We hey! <laughs> We go from death to life when we call, blind to seeing when we call, deaf to hearing when we call. Anybody want to call the name? Anybody want to call the name? Hey! Then you go understand what we've been singing about. You go understand what First Lady was running about. Because he found me in my blood. <laughs> that name was the name. <laughs> that delivered me. Listen, I can't hold you any longer. If anybody need the altar for any of those above mentioned reasons or reasons individually that you might have, the altar is open. Come and let us pray together. Let us pray together in the mighty name of Yahshua Jesus. It is the sweetest, the sweetest, the sweetest name I know. Thank you. Woo. Super. 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 Hey. What's his name? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. All you gotta do is say the name. Say the name. Come on, say Jesus. Jesus. My Jesus. My Jesus. It's not a regular name. It's not a regular name. Come on. Come on. Just speak it. Just speak it. Just speak it. Say it with me. Jesus. Hey. 
Some good stuff right there. <laughs> Come on. The devil don't like you saying that name. Your problems don't like you saying that name. Hey. Hey. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Your enemies don't like you to say it. Don't like you to say it. Come on. Sickness don't like you saying it. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hey, something happened. Oh, healing, breakthrough. Somebody say Jesus. together right here we're gonna call on him together right here we're gonna call on him together right here hallelujah I hope you don't mind I hope you don't mind we're gonna call on him say it with me right now say Jesus, Jesus. somebody say Jesus, Jesus. he know who you're talking about <laughs> we could have said Yahshua we could have said yeah Jesus <laughs> We could say all that, Yahashua. But he know who we talking about when we say, somebody say Jesus. Jesus. My God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Woo. Say thank you. Thank you. For dying on the cross. For all of my sins. Thank you. For going through. Betrayal. Betrayal. Being stabbed in the back. You did it all for me. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. I admit. I'm not perfect like you. But I believe. You died for my sins. 
Somebody say, Jesus. Jesus. I believe. You were buried in the grave. Somebody say, Jesus. Jesus. I even believe that you rose on the third day. I believe it, Jesus. Now I call upon you. Save my soul. Forgive me of all my sins. And make me a better me. A better me. Clean me up. Show me my purpose. And help me to be more like you. Take away that Absalom spirit. Help me to be grateful to those who have gone before me. Bless me, God. To see a brighter future. Even if I've been betrayed. Help me to keep it moving. Get me off that bridge. I don't want to live there no more. I release. I release every person, every person who's hurt me, hurt me harmed me, harm me, hated me, hated me anything, they've done, anything they've done, I release them. I, release them. I, give, them into your hands I give them into your hands so that I, so that I can, keep it moving. can keep it moving. Have your way, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Come on, give him some praise up in here. Hey! 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 Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody.
Look at sharp that brother. Look at sharp that. Hallelujah. So sweet. So sweet. So sweet. So sweet. Oh how I love the name Jesus. Jesus. Oh how I love the name Jesus. 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 Healing upon you continually. In Jesus' name. Bless y'all. Bless y'all. Bless y'all. Bless y'all. Oh, doing good. Hallelujah. Good to see you. Oh, love, love, appreciate that God. Bless you. 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 Love y'all. Love y'all. Hallelujah. Bless you. Oh, you're fresh. Oh, you're fresh. <laughs> 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 <laughs>